Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember the lyrics. No, you just had to jump to I love you as fast as possible because you couldn't hold it in anymore. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel all the time. I know. How do you feel about this big red sweater I'm wearing? <laughs> I actually really like it. Fire, it brings out the fire in you. Oh, definitely. And it makes my hair look even more red, if you ask me. Okay, <clears throat> so uh, a few weeks ago, we had an episode called Questions Straight People Are Afraid to Ask. And one of the questions was about trans women playing in female sports leagues. And we, when we were talking about that question, we were both kind of like, we were, we talked, we chatted about it, but we weren't really sure exactly like where we stood. And one of our amazing listeners, Celine, sent us some resources that she found after listening to our episode, and she was thinking about the topic, and she was like, hey, here are some cool resources that might help you kind of like, not even form an opinion, but like have some more information. So um, she sent us this Instagram post from the Instagram account Feminist, it's just at Feminist, and the main it's like a big carousel and it has a whole bunch of like really interesting information um but the main point of the carousel is let trans girls play girl sports um and so it has we can post this on the page too if people want to see it has a ton of like really great info the one thing that i found really interesting it had kind of like all the common arguments regarding like harmful anti-trans bills and one of the arguments was trans women have higher levels of testosterone so it's unfair uh this instagram post just says let's first remember that none of these legislative bills touch professional sports this is not about the olympics or college sports or any elite level sports state governments have no jurisdiction over the ncaa professional sports or the olympics and in all elite level sports that allow trans athletes Hormone regulations already exist, and trans women's testosterone levels are regulated when they compete in women's sports at elite levels. So I thought it was interesting, like, just if we're just talking about anti-trans bills, like the ones being passed within each state in the states right now, they're specifically targeted at, like, trans girls, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, um, trans girls in, yeah, elementary school or high school – Um, who want to play on the girls' teams. Because I think a lot of times this argument goes straight to, like, the Olympics or straight to, like, the NBA. And I I do understand, like, where that that whole fear is coming from because that's such a high level of sport. 
Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really interesting, I didn't realize that. So I thought that was interesting. Me neither. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. And I liked what they said about how like hormone, uh, regulations, they already exist. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that women's testosterone levels are regulated when they compete in women's sports. So at elite levels. And then just another thing it said was at non-elite levels, it does not matter. We're talking about children who just want to kick a ball around with their friends. Most athletes are not Olympians, national team members, or even going to compete in regional level meets. These are just kids playing sports with their friends. I love that. Um, Yeah. And I think that's something that like everyone could kind of wrap their head around, whether they have, whether they agree or disagree or want to talk about it further. I think that was a really great tidbit of information that, when I'm thinking about these bills, the actual legal bills trying to be passed, I was like, they're just, they're literally just kids. They're, they're stopping kids from like playing on the team they want to play on. Yeah. Um, which feels just like ridiculous. <laughs> um, it definitely does. Like, what's the point? Exactly. Like this post said, just like let kids be kids and play with their friends who they, who they choose to want to be with. Why not? Yeah. And then once it gets to that elite level, even college, right? that's when maybe, yeah, hormones need to be regulated in a certain way or those those types of regulations need to come into play. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of more information in this post, but that was just one thing I thought was interesting. And then another resource that she sent us was an article actually in the Journal of Medical Ethics. So it's a academic article or an extended essay, I guess you could call it, called Trans Women in Elite Sport, Scientific and Ethical Considerations. And so this was, she was just dropping like academic papers in our DMs. I was like, girl, <laughs> you are the real deal. So I couldn't read the whole, the whole piece because you had to like, I don't know how she got access to it, um, but you had to like, you know, get access to it. But I read the abstract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, when you were in school, were you ever just like reading the abstract only to be like, once the abstract was done, I was done. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Amen, girl. (laughs) And this is talking about like um, elite sports specifically. And it said the recent International Olympic Committee guidelines allow trans women to compete in the women's division if their testosterone is held below 10 nanomoles per liter. This is significantly higher than that of cis women. Um, and science demonstrates that high testosterone and other male physio- physiology provides a performance advantage in sports, suggesting that trans women retain some of that advantage. So basically they're saying that like trans women competing in um, female like Olympic sports actually is is unfair for biological reasons, mostly the testosterone level. Right. But they're saying that to determine whether this advantage is is actually unfair, there needs to be an ethical analysis of the principles of inclusion and fairness. So this this whole article goes into like, how can you weigh the bio, the biology to like what constitutes as fair and most inclusive to everyone? And they basically basically conclude that the advantage to trans women in the current Olympic guidelines is an intolerable unfairness. So it says it's actually unfair, but this does not mean that trans women should be excluded from elite sport at all, but that the existing male and female categories in sport should be abandoned and in favor of a more nuanced approach, satisfy both inclusion and fairness. So it actually presents this idea of like, instead of putting trans women in female leagues, 
there needs to be a total restructuring of how male and female categories are separated in sport. sport. Right. Um, and so I don't know how they're proposing that at all, but I think it's just an interesting kind of suggestion that's out there in the world. Um, and after doing this kind of research into what's ethical, what's fair, and what's biologically, what, how does biology factor into those things, um, that's kind of what they thought would make, might be like a cool <laughs> a solution. Um, but I thought it was, I thought that was interesting. Like both pieces of information Celine sent us were kind of expressing different um, ideas, not different opinions, but different ideas and all thinking about fairness and also thinking about like not just fairness for the trans athlete, but for the non-trans athlete as well. Yep. It's definitely, that's why it was such a tricky thing to talk about. And I think why you and I were going back and forth so much. We couldn't even really answer the question, right? No, straight <laughs> up. We were like, we don't know. It's, it's a tough one, but- <laughs> Someone um, else smarter than us needs to like hop on in. And Celine was like, here I am. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Celine, for sending us this. Because like, honestly, especially that Instagram post below from Feminist, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, really had me thinking differently as well. Yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Me too. You enjoying your Reese's peanut butter cup? <laughs> I'm eating a Reese's peanut butter cup and it's so good. Mm. Oh my God, I haven't had one of these in so long. Me neither. Oh my God, mm. maybe I'll get some snacks tomorrow. Mm. We'll have to get snacks for this weekend. Mm. I support you. Okay, anyway, segue. <laughs> <laughs> segue. Thank you, Celine. We appreciate you and thank you so much for tuning into Girl on Girl every week. We love you. We love you. Now, Percy Buns. Yes. I feel like every time my segue into our topic every single time is so Percy Buns. <laughs> I think it's like for some reason I think it's like a seamless segue. It actually listeners, is. Listeners get like whiplash. They're like, <laughs> they're like, oh what? my gosh. And what? I'm like, yes, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I set you up. What are we talking about today? So I'm actually very excited to talk about this because. I feel like it's a topic that Sarah and I have definitely both felt it at points in our lives. And, you know, like recently, I'm not like as much as like a couple years ago to a year ago. So what we really want to talk to you guys about today is what does it mean to be inexperienced? And why is it considered to be such an embarrassing thing for both women, but also for men as well? Mm-hmm. And this topic was suggested to us by a listener who we're actually going to talk about this listener's story on the episode um mailbag alert when this listener brought it up i was like oh my god this is such a good topic because i relate to it so much as a straight girl and at the same time it must be something that so many queer people have to go through is this feeling of like because as we've talked about a lot of queer people have like the experiences that straight people might have at like 15 16 they're having at like 24 25 it's that they're almost like a whole they're like a step behind because of society and so they might feel inexperienced um and like left out when all of the people around them are you know doing stuff yeah no the feeling of missing out I think is is huge that I feel like a lot of queer people relate to and that's something I can definitely Mm -hmm. speak to you know even maybe having like I don't want to say regrets is the the right word because I never really I was never a person who really like had regrets I think it was more just like definitely uncertainty 
a lot of, like we kind of talked about in the past episode, I thought I was like, something was wrong with me. Like then I, yeah, I compare, we'll get into all of this as the episode goes on, but just definitely feeling like comparing myself to my friends and being like, why am I this way? Like, why am I not doing the things my friends are doing? Or why aren't I like wanting to do the things my friends are doing? It was so much like, so much craziness going on in my head. And I was, I was feeling real inexperienced, 100%. (laughs) And the funny thing is like, I was feeling all those same things. And yeah, we'll go into it. But this listener, what uh, code name should we give this listener purse? (laughs) I just saw that now. I think we should give this listener the code name Bubblegum. Our girl Bubblegum. They sent us a message. They are from Germany. I'm German. So hi. Love love ya. Guten Tag. Guten Morgen. What does that mean? Hello? Guten Tag means hello. Guten Morgen says good says <laughs> Guten Morgen says good morning. <laughs> okay, yeah. Guten Tag is definitely like, hey, hello. German German fans, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So Bubblegum says, hey guys, first of all, I just wanted to let you know that I love your podcast. I love how everyone who reaches out to us, they're like, first of all, I just want to say, love it. <laughs> they like so sweet. have to let us know. I know it warms my heart. Like, thank you for the validation before you go into your story. <laughs> we need it. They know we need validation, Sarah. We've I talked know. about it so many times. I mean, my therapist knows. They should know. So um, Bubblegum said, I discovered you through, it was the Fletcher reaction uh, video that the two of you did. And I'm so glad that I discovered you. I have a question or maybe a suggestion for a topic. I'm 22 and never had a girlfriend. I had something with my best friend when I was like 16, but that ended pretty badly. For the next four years, I didn't really want anyone close to me. For two years, I tried meeting people, but the pandemic and my being introverted makes it really hard to meet people. Totally get that. Sometimes I feel ashamed or weird because of my lack of experience. And I'm scared that if I meet someone that they will think that too and maybe not date me because of it. I don't know if I'm overthinking, but I would love to hear your opinion on that matter in general, like people being older without a lot of experience and how or if it affects future relationships and dating in general. Again, I love you too and the podcast so much. Thank you for everything. Bubblegum. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love that we're calling you. Bubblegum is so fun to say. I was just about to say bubblegum we would blow you any day and it was far too sexual it was it's too much i'm keeping that in i hope you know you should probably like bleep out bleep it out or can our listeners handle it i don't know i can handle my voice saying that like out in the world listen um you signed up to have a podcast called girl on girl uh (laughs) there's a lot of things that you better be prepared for that's already out in the world sarah my whole sex life is apparently out in the world, so <laughs> let's, oh my let's God. go. So true. Okay. I love it. When Bubblegum reached out with this story, I instantly was like, I relate to this. And when, when she said, I'm scared to meet someone and they'll think, I'm, they'll think I'm weird and maybe not date me because of it. I definitely remember experiencing that, like especially in high school. I remember being like, everyone around me is like dating people like having relationships and like having boyfriends and girlfriends and I'm not I had one boyfriend like didn't last that long I remember being like oh no either 
people aren't going to date me because because I haven't really dated anyone, so they're going to think I'm weird because of that because everyone in high school knows everyone's business. Or, or I'm going to meet someone and when they find out that I like didn't have this like long-term relationship yet, they're going to think that I'm, that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that and I was like 16, 17. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, that is insane. Like you're so and, young, right? Right. Oh, for sure. Like, especially when you're 16, 17 thinking that, but I mean, I a hundred percent, I always felt that I really compared myself to so many of my friendships and same as you, like seeing everyone getting into relationships in my grade. And I just wasn't. And I was like, oh my God. But then I also, it was weird. Cause like, I, I, I would just, like I said, thought something was wrong with me cause I didn't want to. Right. And I think that like, <clears throat> like not to be, I hope this doesn't come off as offensive to like your story or bubblegum story, but I, I'm almost like I w- almost wit like if I had known that I was queer, it w- would have almost been easier to accept because I would have been like, well, the reason I haven't had a relationship because there's no other queer people in the school or like it's harder to find like a like someone who's openly queer at this point in my life. But for me, I was like, I know I'm, I know that I like guys, but like I'm not dating any of them. And it was like I, I didn't want to, but like I did. So it was almost <laughs> I'm like if I. If I had been queer, it would have been like, as soon as I get out of get out of here and move into a city, then I'll find someone or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> Does no, that make sense? No, and yeah, that wasn't offensive at all. I, I could only understand like, because I guess for me, sometimes I find like, I have a lot of those, oh, this made a lot of sense. Like later on when I did come to terms with me, I was like, all of these things that I was feeling now just make sense. But I think what we, I really do want to address from bubblegum story is that (laughs) sorry sorry bubblegum I just love this name me Um, too yeah hopefully you love it too is that I want to first of all say they want to hear our opinion on what we think of like people being older without a lot of experience and honestly I think we need to like smash that stigma of people we need to normalize the fact that it's totally okay if you are into your 30s and you haven't had a serious relationship or maybe you even haven't dated that often I feel like yeah as a society we tend to think people are weird kind of even going into Sammy's story how people were saying like she was thinking people must think she's weird because she's like never had a long-term boyfriend and it's like people put so much um I'm trying to find the words like importance in relationships like Mm -hmm. you are not someone without someone else Mm -hmm. so like we need to get rid of that and we'll get into this later because I think it all comes down to like being totally fulfilled with yourself but I think um who cares you're not defined by another person or your experiences like you're you and I think we need to own that part of ourselves more and I think people also need to like let go of that but we as a society I think we tend to really get lost in our partners or our relationships and yeah anyway no I agree and it's hard because when you're growing up like the the way the society is currently structured as you're growing up you're like okay at some point I'm supposed to meet a person who then I decide is like the person I'm going to spend the rest of this time with so then I marry them and then I have kids with them and then like you are told that and that's like the only 
really acceptable route. And obviously things are a lot more fluid and open now than they were even like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But I think that's still that's still weird told and even like for both of us growing up with parents who are still together like we we also had that kind of like constant thing in our lives where like there was like a always like a relationship around it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I think on top of that like especially growing up if a girl isn't experienced I feel like there's so much like misogyny rooted in that because it's like it's like oh you must not be attractive enough oh you must Mm -hmm. not be able to attract men Mm -hmm. and if you're if you're super experienced we've talked about this if you're super experienced then you're slut it's it's awful like you literally can't you you can't win but then for i think men go through an equally if not if not even more of a tough time because men are patted on the back for being super experienced right so, yeah. So and if when, they're not, then then it's like the it's the end of the world. Exactly. It's like it's like they're not accepted or they're not cool or they're not hot enough or whatever. So I I think from it's even an, a bigger kind of like part of their world as as boys are growing up. I mean, even like Superbad is one of my favorite movies and the whole point of Superbad is like they're about to graduate from high school and they're still virgins. So they're like, they're freaking out. They're like, we can't go to college as virgins. We can't. And they're like trying so desperately to have sex that on their last night of high school because they can't even fathom going to college virgins, right? And they're, and they're like, lo- and they're losers, quote unquote losers for whatever reason. But they're, yeah, they're like outcasts. They're not accepted necessarily by their peers. And Right, right. So it's just like constantly fed to boys especially. Mm-hmm. Whereas girls, like if you aren't experienced, it's still an insecurity for sure. But you can just be like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm just not um, like sleeping around." Yeah, like that. That could be the narrative that you fall into. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And why can't we just like just live our lives? One hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I remember even having like so much insecurity around the time, especially in college, like early college days when I felt like I was so behind, like in terms of just like moving forward with like intimacy and like, and and once again, thinking like, is, is something wrong with me? Like, I don't know, but playing, um, like never have I ever. And when people would be like, never have I ever had sex. And then like, that like would oh literally God, give me curse. so much anxiety. That is a throat person. Same. Oh my <laughs> God. I forgot about that. Anytime someone suggested never have I ever, I was like, please God, no, please, no, please, no. Like, nobody, nobody look at me during this game. Yeah. No, that was like such a distinct memory for me. And I remember like feeling that so hard because in from my group of friends, the girls I met in res, like, like I think one of the first things we talked about probably within like our first week of being together at res they had all like slept with people and i remember just be- they were like so shocked to hear to hear that like i hadn't and they were like oh like why not that they like made me feel bad about it they're all like really really nice girls obviously i'm still friends with them but i remember just being like oh yeah like i don't know i just haven't and they were just like oh my gosh really like and i just remember feeling so embarrassed me too yeah me too i was like something must be wrong with something must be wrong with me that's what i thought i think that is misogyny like that's us being told that if we can't 
get a guy's attention by a certain point in our life, then we failed or we yeah. should be embarrassed or we should be ashamed. And it, I mean, that's just multiplied when you are at that point going through a depression about your feelings for a girl. And you're, and so I just, I can't even imagine, like I was already embarrassed to admit that as well. And so I can't even imagine like also having the added struggle of being like, but also who do I like? Like, I don't, I like this one girl. Oh, 100%. That was a whole other added layer of being, and I, and I didn't talk to them about that. God, no. She was only like, I refer to Alice as just like my best friend from high school. I, and also those are my own thoughts and I was still trying to figure out my feelings, but it was never like, oh, I, I like this girl, you know? So mm-hmm. it was, there was a lot of like moments where I felt very insecure about my um, inexperience in college, 100%. Yes. And this is going back, this is like kind of backstepping, but I thought that I should mention also that I felt this embarrassment and experienced feeling like early early in my life when girls in my class were getting boobs and were getting their periods and I wasn't because I I was a late bloomer because I was so athletic I just like literally all I did was play soccer so I didn't nothing really started developing for me until I was like 15 and I remember girls in my class were we were like 10 and girls were starting to wear bras and I remember like going to the mall with my mom and her being like, "Do you, would you like like a training bra, honey? And me being like, yeah, yeah. Because like I wanted to wear a bra like the girls did. I wanted the boys to like strap, like snap my bra straps like the other girls. <laughs> and just, and so I just think like. This, <laughs> the way you, you said that I mean? so casually. No, no, no. I remember when guys would do that. Yeah. And it was annoying. But it was also like, I want to be part of that. Like I feel left out because I don't, I, I even today don't need a bra. I think it's interesting when <clears throat> Bubblegum brought up this inexperienced feeling, that was actually the first thing that came up for me was like, I remember so distinctly being like feeling inexperienced about my body as a woman, not even nothing to do with relationships. Just like, I feel like I haven't been able to experience all these things that the girls around me are experiencing. And that was really, really tough for me. I had to, I had to channel this inner confidence, like, like and just hold on to it for dear life otherwise I would have just I don't know I would have been like a different person if I didn't yeah well I'm glad you did though because I think that's what it comes down to sometimes is almost just like it's easier said than done but you have to kind of like just bring that comp like own that confidence and like love yourself and I know it's like that's so oversaid but it's it's really really true and to stop like comparing yourselves to other people because like what's the point like we're all individuals on our own and we're all leading different lives like you're going to be miserable if you're always comparing yourselves to others always and everyone has like different different things they're going through development everyone's bodies are different relationships sexuality like it's all we're all unique we're all um snowflakes we're all snowflakes and all snowflakes are different and speaking of this like confidence element like i think 
In terms of like Bubblegum's question, which is like, will having no experience like affect your future relationships? So like, how do you get through that and like move forward? I the first thing I thought of was that inner confidence. It was like you you gotta love yourself first. You gotta hold on to that like being okay with just you first, and hold on to that as hard as you can to continue moving through the world and to be open to whatever experiences could come your way. But I really like what you said, which was there needs to be less emphasis and pressure on how sexual experience can lead to confidence in relationships. Yeah. Yes. I love that. That is so true. Yes. Oh my God. Like, and I wanted to point this out as well. Like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It does not matter. Actually, maybe this is where we could even bring up like Sarah and I were talking about this like a little bit earlier before we were getting into Bubblegum's story, but the movie The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes. <laughs> oh man, a classic, a classic. Kelly Clarkson. It's so good. Actually, maybe I'll watch that before I go to bed tonight. Me too. Me too. That's what I want to watch. As a society, we're all so obsessed with sex. Everyone's so obsessed with it, right? Like it's one of those things where I feel like everyone's sexual experience is going to be like so different with like various people. You're going to have some awkward moments. You're going to have some amazing moments. But at the end of the day, I would never judge someone who I'm dating like based on like how the sexual experience was or like how much, how much sexual experience they have. Like at the end of the day, like you're you, I like you and that's okay. Like that can be something fun for us to work together, like work through together that can also be a fun experience. Like, why is it like if I've had a lot of sex or I've had a lot of partners in my past, like I'm automatically like more confident in the dating game or I'm like the confident one in my relationship. That's not what makes confidence. No, exactly. And often it can be the opposite, right? If someone's been in a lot of relationships, then they have all these like insecurities that can come up in future relationships because maybe someone cheated on them in the past or maybe they had, maybe they had a traumatic experience that keeps coming up for them in, in future relationships. There's a lot of fear that can come up when you're going from relationship to relationship. So it can often be the opposite. And then just like pointing back to 40-year-old virgin, which we understand is a movie, so it's not real, but it's a good example of how like this character, he is a 40-year-old virgin, obviously. That is a perfect movie title, if you ask me. Just stellar. He is so, he finds a girl he likes and he's so nervous because he's like, she's she's going to think I'm crazy. She's going to think I'm weird. She's I'm going to be bad at sex. She's going to dump me because I'm a virgin. He tries to hide it so much and discovers that if he was just his normal self and just like acted his normal way, that he would have avoided all like the BS that happened. And he was great at sex. Yeah. And they had an age of Aquarius moment. <laughs> If anyone hasn't seen 40-Year-Old Virgin and you're like, what are, we, what are we talking about? Just like turn it on tonight because it's, yeah, it's a classic. Or I'll just drop the clip. Drop the clip right here. So how was that for you? When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter will guide the planets and love will see the stars this is the dawn 
But yeah, I, and yes, I just wanted to like reiterate, reiterate. We know it's a movie, but I think it's just like an important reminder. Like it's an important reminder that like the thing I think about movies is like people make movies about things other people can relate to. Otherwise, no one's going to watch that movie. So do you think they made 40-year-old virgin because no one is an older virgin? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they made it because they were like, people are going to relate to this. People are going to relate to being scared of sexual experiences. They're going to relate to being insecure. They're going to relate to trying to shy away from relationships because they don't want to get hurt or they don't want to be embarrassed. So, like... I think that's just an important thing to remind yourself of. You're not alone in this feeling. Purse and I have both experienced this so much in our growing up experiences. And Bubblegum, you are only 22. So I know you feel old because I felt old when I was 22. But trust me, you are so young. Oh my gosh. So young. Thinking about me as a person at 22 and like how much growth there's been and how much I've changed and Sarah's changed. Sarah? Oh my God. Night and day. Night and day. 22 year old S&P were definitely had a lot of things to go through. Like bubblegum, you are more than okay. And (laughs) you have so much like more of your 20s to just experience and have fun. And I understand too, like the pandemic, it is really hard to try and meet people. And if you're being introverted, like this situation does not help, right? Like when you can't really just like go out to a bar or you can't like be in social settings and just kind of meet people naturally. But I guess I just don't want you, and I know Sarah feels this way too, like I don't want you to feel scared. Like I want you to not worry about what other people think. I also think that being as honest with people as you can is all that matters. Like Mm -hmm. I think – me as a person, at least, um, throughout my dating experience, because I really felt that way with feeling inexperienced and like feeling inexperienced with women. It, like I was always so, so nervous, actually, like especially in the beginning stages of like being with women because I felt like they had just been through so many more experiences or relationships and sexual experiences where I was like so new to it. But I actually found, so when I was 23 and I was seeing a woman more consistently, so bubblegum, I was 23 and this was like my first time really seeing a woman consistently. I was just super honest from with her from the get-go, super honest with her, um, told her everything. Cause I even remember she had asked me, cause I, I was being very like coy in the beginning. Like I didn't want to say anything cause I, I like wanted to pretend like I'm so confident. Like, I know, I know what's up. I know what to do. No, she could like read right through me, but she was so, she was so good about it. But she was like, no, just talk to me. Like, what's up? And I told her and she understood everything because I, I'd been through some weird ups and downs, like prior to my experiences with her and they weren't very good experiences. So I think just as long as you're open and honest, if the person's a decent human, they'll listen to you. They're not going to judge you. And like I said, it can be kind of fun when you're like learning together and you're like experiencing new things together. And you know what? There could be things they haven't experienced as well. It's just like a new, a new thing. Guaranteed there is. Guaranteed there's Mm -hmm. something that they haven't experienced. Mm -hmm. Like minimum one thing. In terms of you being an introvert and also it being a pandemic and you wanting to like put yourself out there but being nervous and scared, I think just like 
just keep reminding yourself to be open and it's going to be scary. But if there's an opportunity that comes up, even if it scares you, but you feel like, you know, this might be good. This might be, this might be fun. This might be, it doesn't have to lead to anything. It doesn't have to lead to a relationship, nothing, but it might be an experience. Then I think it's always been really helpful for me to have people in my life who can push me to do those things. If I'm feeling really scared, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to meet up with this person because like I'm nervous. I'm nervous to like go on a date or whatever. Like having Persis there, for example, to be like, you should do it. Like go for it. Like who cares? Like just try it. Like having someone in your life who can who can keep you open and keep you like pushing you to try new things is always helpful. Um, and you do not need to do anything you don't want to do. Just to clarify. Yes. But if you're feeling like I I'm, I might be excited to like. I don't know, maybe things are opening up a little bit and maybe you're on the apps and you swipe right on someone and they're cute and you start talking and maybe you want to like meet up for a distance date, whatever it is. Like if you're feeling scared, call up that friend that's going to push you to do it and guaranteed they'll push you to do it if you want to. Yes, yes. Agreed, agreed. And I, I like, yeah, never do anything you don't want to do. Don't feel that pressure. Always go at your own pace. Trust no. your gut. But it's sometimes good to be a little scared. If you're a little scared about something, it's, honestly, it's kind of a good sign. Like, or even in the terms of like when I was just like starting to like put myself out there with women. Every time I put myself in a situation where I was like a little scared about a woman, I would like do it. I would just do it. And then at the end of the day, it always ended up being like, I was like, I'm glad I experienced that. So Go for the things that scare you. That sounds so cliche. I just quoted like literally something that, you know, is on those like motivational <laughs> quotes every single day. But like, no, it's, it's actually true. You got to go for the things that scare you. Go for the things that scare you. Persis Abraham, 2021. I'm putting it in audio so no one forgets. This is like last episode where I quoted you directly to your face, but didn't tell, but didn't realize it was you. And you were like, bitch, please. Oh, I feel like I've, this is like kind of off topic, but not really. I feel like I might've said this on a past episode. So like cut me off if I have, but I love first dates. And the reason why I love them is because, is because, and maybe this is like too deep for y'all, but like it lit, they literally remind you that you're alive. You're nervous you're excited. You're like, it's, you're meeting someone totally new. You're like jumping into something that you, you don't know what's going to happen, the unknown. And like every aspect of it is like totally unpredictable. And you're going into it just like with complete vulnerability. And I just feel like how often does that happen in your life? So rare. No, it is so rare. And that's why we have talked about that before, but I don't care. I love that you're saying it again because I think vulnerability is like one of the most beautiful things. And I encourage like more people to be vulnerable and like own their feelings and like feel emotions because you're right, Sarah. It reminds us that we are humans who like can have that um, capability of like caring so much or like being so excited to the point. Like, I don't know, even on a like for a first date that I had not long ago, month ago, whatever, I remember even Camille was doing like a workout and I was like changing my outfit so many times, running into the living room being like, Camille, like how cute do I look? She's like, Persis, you look cute. I don't care. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. And I even did that with Sarah over FaceTime. I was like, Sarah, 
help me pick an outfit. And it, and yeah, I felt a little ridiculous, but the fact that my mind even was like so concerned about like, I just wanted to like look cute or I wanted, cause I was getting so excited. Those feelings are just, they're the best. They're the best. It's putting effort into something like yeah. it's, yeah. Which I mean, I would hope that we all put effort into things, but you guys know what we're talking about. You guys know what we're talking about. It's just like life can get so mundane and it's nice to put yourself in situations <clears throat> that scare you, like Persis says, but that just reminds you like to keep, to like live life, you know? <laughs> this has gotten really philosophical. No, do it. Do it. Because you know what? This is leading into an experience, but also like maybe insecurity. Like I said, I feel like I was always so insecure about my deep emotions. For girl on girl, y'all need to know, I feel things very deeply. I'm a very intense person Mm -hmm. and I would get so insecure about, about it. I was always like, why can't I just be like, cool? Like, why can't I just like let things like slide or like not care? Whereas like Mm -hmm. I have friends who literally will make fun of me because they'll see me listening to my sad gals playlist. Like, throughout the day and they're like oh she's going through it and I'm like yeah maybe I am but you know what it's okay I need to and now I'm talking about it so openly on a podcast now because I like my vulnerability like I like that I'm not afraid to kind of tell people I really like you or I really care about you because like that's how I feel I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna pretend (laughs) yeah and also I think like what kind of like sorry to keep being like life 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 but what kind of life are we living if we're just like like zombies walking around not not telling anyone that we care about them or not going for the thing or you know taking the leap like what like what are we even doing if we're just like i can't show any emotion which is a trap i have fallen into a many a time but that goes into the whole like if you show too much emotion, someone can like back hurt away you. from you and hurt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurt you because you're being vulnerable and then they can like, I don't know. I think it's important to choose choose wisely. I feel like some go with your gut. I think that's always true. I mean, I definitely haven't at points and I've just said things to people who to probably, they were like, nah, <laughs> nah, girl. <laughs> same, 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 same. And it's fine, right? We, we live and we learn and then we always like, you you always move forward. But um, I think that also being inexperienced, like, and if you're kind of owning this inexperience also ties in with being vulnerable as well. Like, I think we should be open, to, like, we shouldn't be afraid to open up to people about maybe our insecurities about being inexperienced because someone's going to embrace it. Yeah, I think most people would embrace it. Like, like, like Persa said earlier, I, I truly think we build up in our heads that people are going to think we're weird for being inexperienced and the truth is no one cares no one cares no one's gonna no one's gonna actually care if you are if you haven't been haven't had a girlfriend yet like they're not gonna actually care about that and if they do they're just not the right person for you and it's always like if the roles were reversed right like I would never care never no that doesn't matter to me um I would just (laughs) no seriously it doesn't it does No, I know. It's just like almost ridiculous to even think that it matters to someone. I know. Yeah. Like if I, if I really like someone and they're telling me something, I'll be like, okay, like, I'm glad you told me, but like, that's fine. I think like the, 
I think a good way to kind of sum up everything we've talked about is for bubblegum and for anyone who's kind of feeling inexperienced or has felt inexperienced, I think the best thing to do is to take that feeling, that thing you're telling yourself, I am inexperienced, and just flip it on its head and see it as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be vulnerable and be honest with people. It's an opportunity because there's so much left to experience. There's so many new beginnings left for you. How exciting is that? If you can just change your mindset around it, instead of putting yourself down and saying, I haven't experienced anything, change it to say, I haven't experienced anything. Like there's so much more to experience and it's so exciting. And I get to like, I mean, how many times do you hear people be like, oh, I wish I could go back to that first kiss or I wish I could go back to the first time I ever went to Florence or you know what I mean? Like everyone is nostalgic for firsts and bubblegum, you have so many firsts in front of you still. I wonder if you can switch your mindset to think of it that way, if it becomes more exciting and more of an adventure than a, a downfall that you're um, placing on yourself because you're 22, you have a lot of life left to live and that's just so exciting. I I'm love- jealous. <laughs> I love everything you said. Like you couldn't have said that any better because it's like, you should look at it as like exciting. It's like, yeah, I haven't like done this yet, but like I'm going to allow myself to be open to the fact that this could happen to me because that is what life is about, guys. Like life is exciting. Like honestly. Hopefully you guys know what we're talking about. Just like live your life. God damn it. Live your life. Even like this podcast, person I started this podcast completely inexperienced about podcasts, what the hell we're doing, what to talk about. Like we had no idea and we're still inexperienced, but like it's been an adventure. We jumped into it with open arms, total vulnerability, putting ourselves out there for friends and family and like probably old acquaintances from high school to like listen to us talk about our like relationships. And how, I mean, how scary is that? And because we allowed ourselves to push past the fear and just do it, now we're having like the time of our lives. Oh yeah, 100%. Anytime I've chosen to be super open about something, I always I feel good about it after. I'm like, oh, whew, just breathe, just breathe. What do you like? You were like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I did not do that. I did not go, ah. Oh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you wanted me to always thank you bubblegum so much for opening up to us sharing your story we hope that um we were able to like offer you some insight into more about like being inexperienced and being a little older don't worry don't worry is literally all we are trying to say no stress and if you ever need any more advice holla at your girls holler at us you know where to find us Okay, also, this is completely random and has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But Purse and I just booked a trip to Vancouver in August. So if any listeners live in Vancouver and you want to meet the stars of the Girl on Girl podcast, maybe we can do a little meet and greet at the beach. (laughs) That would be so fun. And if you guys can't, if you don't, because it's a podcast and you might not really know what we really look like, like you've seen pictures, obviously. We're both very uh, distinct looking individuals. Like you got to look for a girl with red hair, fiery personality, amazing calves, and then you got to look for a <laughs> 
Guys, she's not kidding. My calves are the best part of my body. Like the best feature of my body is my calves, which is which is truly embarrassing. <laughs> no, it's not. Are you kidding me? Sarah, do you know there's a picture I stare at of you so often? With my calves? <laughs> yes. What is it? Send it to me. I'll send it. It's the one am of- I, Am I flexing? Yeah. Am yeah. I flexing them? It looks so good. Wow. It's the one of you and I standing on the U-Haul truck. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Is my calf, like, popping? <laughs> it's popping. It's popping. <laughs> God. I was just like, I have, t- I have honestly been complimented on my calves by, like, random men in the street. That's the only thing I've been complimented on. On, on your next date, Bubblegum, hide your calves. Yeah, hide your calves and hide your wife. Hide your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stupid. Okay, and then if you're at the beach and you're looking for purses, just look for like a little three-foot-tall Indian princess, and she'll be just like prancing around the beach, probably topless. Am I normally topless? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, guys, that's, that's, that's how you're going to know it's me. I think we're like in over our heads. Like Sarah and I let fame get to us. I know. We think we think we're famous because we have like 300 followers or something. Because we didn't think, guys, we didn't think we'd get this far. Trust me. We really didn't. We didn't. So yeah, maybe that's why we feel this way. But anyway, catch us on the beach. Beaches. Beaches. You know what to look for. In case you missed it, in case you haven't listened to an episode before, in case you missed it, it's a nice little segment we do at the end of every episode where we talk about, (laughs) why did I say it like that? Where we talk about, um, I wonder if we say about weird. Any listeners not from Canada, let us know if we're, if we've got that Canadian swagger going on in our voices. But um, anyway... Every In Case You Missed It segment, we talk about something happening in the uh, queer world, queer news, something you should keep your keep your eyes on, keep your ears on. And this is an In Case You Missed It from Persis Abraham. Yes. So I saw this article. It was from the National Post. Um, and I sent it to Sarah right away because I was like immediately heartbroken and so angry because it feels like we're still like going so many steps backwards when we think we're going forward. Um, But anyway, listeners, um, this just happened, I I believe on last Thursday, I'm pretty sure. But the U.S. Supreme Court is now upholding the law to stop queer couples from fostering kids. So basically, when I was reading this article, I read that they embraced the Catholic religious rights over LGBTQ plus rights in one of the first cases, including actually a Trump appointee, Amy Coney Barrett. So what happened was that the Supreme Court is ruling in favor of a Catholic church-affiliated agency that sued after Philadelphia had actually refused to place children for foster care with the organization um, because this Catholic church was not allowing same-sex couples to apply to be foster parents. 
And I read that 11 of the 50 states currently allow private agencies to refuse to place children with queer couples. And this was according to the Movement Advance Project, a group in support of gay rights. And to me, I just, I don't understand why this is happening. There's a Catholic church um, affiliated uh, foster care agency in Philadelphia and um, the city refused to place children for foster care within that organization because they barred same-sex couples from applying to be foster parents. The Catholic Church-affiliated agency sued the city, essentially. Yes, yes. Well, good for Philadelphia, first of all. Second of all, just wanted to mention Amy Coney Barrett, for anyone who doesn't know, is the person who took over for Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg which obviously was a very controversial move. (laughs) So, of course, one of the first cases that includes Amy Coney Barrett would be this bullshit. Do you know if we have a law like this or anything like this in Canada? I, I I don't think we do. I was doing some Googling earlier today, and listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, please, like, let me know. Um, and it's something that I'll, like, obviously want to look into further, but I couldn't see anything for Canada. I'd be really interested to know what which 11 states allow private agencies to refuse to place children with queer couples. Let's see if we can find it. What is the point of this? What is the point of this? You are taking away opportunities for foster children to have amazing homes with loving foster parents. I don't, I just. That's I, literally what you're doing. Yeah. So good job. America. <laughs> Good job, America. No, it's absolutely like that's the thing. I just cannot I cannot even fathom. I can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand why because of what the Catholic religion is what saying that a household isn't complete if it's not a man and a woman. Honestly, I think the reason that these types of laws are being are being passed or even brought to the table so much in the states is because they are so bipartisan and of course in Canada we are as well. But, like, the, you know, the Supreme Court is so split down the middle, as far as I understand. And so when it comes to these types of decisions, like, something, a law like this can be upheld. Because, right, the right needs to stay in the right, and the left needs to stay in the left, and they can't disappoint their their voters. And, like, it's, it's such a political... It's all politics and it's all hurting Americans. It's hurting foster kids. It's hurting queer people. No, it's awful. It's so awful. So I think I found the states that say no to this. Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Missouri, Wyoming. A lot of red states. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah. I, there's, yeah, I'm just going through a list right now that, that, that are all marked no. Yeah, I think this kind of thing is upsetting um, for, you know, we don't even really need to go into all the reasons. Of course, we have a queer podcast, so this is extremely damaging and upsetting and as much as we live in Canada we cannot you know dismiss the fact that these types of 
beliefs are all over um, our country as well. It's not just the states, of course. And we are not here to offer a solution to these very in-depth problems that are happening in um, anti-queer laws. Mm -hmm. But if anyone has felt affected by this, like, reach out. Like, let, like, let's just keep building a community. Like, when I hear this stuff, I'm like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Like, let's just keep building a community. Let's keep having these conversations. I'm not saying it's going to help. I'm not saying it's going to change the laws. But, like, I think it almost just fuels me more to be like, let's keep pushing forward. We have to. We, that's the only thing we can do. Power in numbers, right? Like, I think the more we actually, like, openly talk about this and we're like, like I said, like, it's... Sarah and I are just the two of us talking about this on a podcast, but I feel like even us addressing this is like spreading awareness in the best way we can right now. So we would love to open up the conversation with you guys as well, because yeah, like I said, when I just saw this article, my heart just felt angry. Yeah. And don't be like, bring this conversation to your dinner table with your family, bring this conversation to your friends or to your partner. Talk about what this means. Like that, I think that is like the only the the best thing we can do with this information is just to continue to have conversations and to continue fighting for queer rights and I also just have to say so we've had people suggest this before and we haven't done it yet but I think I would really love to do a whole episode on religion I would love to and yes yeah I just think like it is so tied to the queer experience but yeah, I guess that's really all we can say about this because even like the articles I was reading, it was very like factual, like here, here are the facts, this is what happened. Um, but all like I could think of and Sarah brought this up as like you were denying like children and teens, like people to like leave the foster care system and like enter a loving home. Yep. Just because they're a same sex couple. Yep. Like... I don't know. It makes me even think of like someone I know who is like had lived her whole life like going from foster home to foster home and like was just like, I don't know, how much her life had changed when she was like adopted into a family at, um, I want to say she's 24, 23, 24 now. And it's like, I don't know. You can just see the positive impact like that, that can have on obviously people because they feel like they're kind of bounced around, right? So it's just like you're just denying that type of support system. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, oh God, I'm so mad. This makes me so angry. Good. Get angry. Like I think that get mad. Like educate yourself about the things that are happening like this in the world and then get mad about it and then, and then figure out what you want to do with that anger. Yeah. One hundred percent. And we we want to keep podcasting. That's what we want to do. And our goal with this podcast ultimately is to use it to support queer organizations and initiatives. Um, and obviously to have important conversations and to foster a community where people can feel safe and included. But I think it's important to mention that like that is our ultimate goal is to turn this into something that can actually impact real change. And so we're just going to keep podcasting every week. Let us know, let us know if, if you guys like that idea (laughs) or if you're like, please God, stop, please get these two girls to stop chatting every single Monday, (laughs) flooding our 
years. But Paris, I love you. And I want you to know that I would let you foster my kids any day. Thank you. Actually, no, I was, I was actually just thinking that like when I saw that article, I was like, obviously I'm not in the U S but who knows where I'll end up. Like guys, I've always, well, actually I think California is good. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I was like, as just, usual, California is always good. California is always good. Cause I was like, if I ever moved to the U S I've always said I'd wanted to go to California anyway. Um, no, I thought about it. I thought about me and my future thinking if I ever want to, you know, have children, like look into adopting, um, would I be like literally getting denied that because I'd have like my girlfriend. It's just, you can't see my face right now, but I keep, I'm just going. <laughs> I think you bring up a good point in that me, no, me being, my best friend is queer. And so when I hear something like this, I automatically think about, like I can relate it to a real person, human being in my life who would be denied basic rights. Um, and so I think that's why like whether you know a queer person in your life or not, because there are a lot of people who don't. Like even the conversation I was having with my grandma that I was telling you guys about last week and she was like, I knew one gay person. Like, so it's, it is, some people don't have a lot of queerness in their direct circle, but if they can hear this podcast, for example, and get to know you, Persis, the person, and know, know your whole queer experience and then hear something like this and think like, oh, that Persis from that podcast, like, that means she, she wouldn't be able to foster a kid. Like, Mm -hmm. she, she should foster all the kids. She's amazing. Um... (laughs) Maybe not all the kids. Probably not all the kids, like, to be fair. But anyway, I think you bring up a good point. Like, this is why it's important to engage with queer people and queer um, art and queer spaces and queer communities because you can bring the humanity to it, y'all. Beautifully said, Sarah. We're all humans. Thank you so much. It's true. It's so true. You are a poet. Oh, my God. Love you. I love you, too. Love you, bye. (laughs) Yeah, we're trying to be better at like just wrapping up, guys, wrapping up really quickly. But um, yeah, Sarah, I love you. And thank you for talking about that with me. That was definitely I had like a it was a more serious in case you missed it that we haven't had one in a while. So, but I think it was really important to address and talk about that. Agreed. And if you guys ever want us to talk about something on In Case You Missed It, something that makes you mad, something that makes you happy, whatever it is, just holler at your girls. Something that makes you giggle. Oh, I love a good giggle. I always love a good giggle. Teehee. Teehee. You always, Sarah makes me giggle. You make me giggle. Aw. You make me smit, you make me swoon. Oh. I love that word, swoon. I love the word swoon. 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 It's just like, it's like an onomatopoeia. Like it's so perfect. It's like the perfect word for what it means. It feels like, it feels like, it sounds like the thing I'm doing. It's like swooning. It's so true. It's like twirly. Yeah, exactly. Twirls. Twirls. I'm so twirls right now. Ew. I mean, not right now. Just kidding. I'm just kidding.